you bounce from game group to game group? I got kicked out of my playgroup like three days ago, and like the playgroup I lost before that, these were like my last friends. Do you make in-game decisions based on out-of-game motivations? And like, I really wanted to play this class. I mean, I just, I like kamikaze into some of the other party members, and I didn't mean for this to happen. Do you regularly find yourself at odds with other gamers in your group? They don't really think about combat when they're making their characters, and, and that's like the only thing I think about, and it's, it's... If so, you may be a metagamer. If you or someone you know is a metagamer, come join us at prismatictsunami.com for our bi-weekly meetings. We've helped players and GMs alike with focusing on character motivation, building character concepts, and effective role-playing. Also, with our program, it may just be possible to achieve full-player immersion once again. So I'm really, I'm really hurting. You don't have to do this alone. We can help. So yeah, that's 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 why I'm here. My name's Mac, and I'm a metagamer. This message was brought to you by Metagamers Anonymous, a prismatic tsunami production. Good. Max finally getting some help. Welcome to the Carpe GM Gamecast, a uh, party in your ear holes. Yes! I like that one. <laughs> Everyone's invited. Yeah. We're going to give you an well. eargasm. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. Welcome to the Carpe GM Gamecast, provider of your eargasm. <sighs> Sexy. <laughs> I'm Dan. I'm Steve. Brian. Tyler. And I'm Mac. How you doing, guys? Swell, uh, yeah. Us, us guys, yeah. Or the audience. <laughs> those, guys. those guys out there, audience guys too. In Radio Land, who can't uh, respond? Isn't that what they used to say? Radio Land. I think so. Radio, radio Land. Isn't that like a in Podland? Yeah, Podland. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds scary. Cast, cast, all right, Castland. All right, let's move on before they minimize and exit out of our. <laughs> 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 all right well i got a couple of announcements eargasm right there yep there yeah. it is first off uh I, I don't know why i failed to mention it in the past but um our buddies over at prismatic tsunami uh, metagamers anonymous they've started a publishing imprint uh, it's called uh, prismatic tsunami publications how original who would have thought well hey fits sarcastic branding. bastard you two branding <laughs> brand anyway they were they um released their first work it's called the prismatic tsunami quarterly review and it's a collection of articles that um some of the listeners have written uh there's another podcaster from george from rpg circus wrote an article i wrote an article for the thing um cool nice eric wrote some stuff and they've also got a pretty cool thing going on in there with the tsunami prison prison tsunami prisons <laughs> the, the tsunami city project <laughs> which is they're building kind of a generic city 
where together with their listeners, they're creating a place for you to campaign in. By playing? Well, no, by... We're speaking figuratively, right? They're not actually building a city. No, they're not <laughs> building a city. It's just like the Ronald McDonald house. <laughs> <laughs> no, each episode, the, everybody on, everybody on the, the cast is um, coming up with a building or a locale or a specific piece of the city. Oh, we should and do give that. It, If you want in, they're taking... You should, give, that, you should from, give them that idea of your thing that's like always on the. Th- it's on. It's coming. Gotcha. It's coming. You know um, the thing with the guy in the place. Yeah, the thing. thing with the guy in the place. That's you that's what, what it is. About? Yeah, you get you put together a building. You give it a name. You give it a purpose. You give it uh, a reason for being there, and then you create a couple of NPCs that are in there, and then you create. Um, a couple of twists, or at least one twist that goes along with the building or the NPCs. That, oh, and you build a whole city there. out of this? That's and they're cool. building a whole city one piece at a time. Nido Bojito. Yeah. Okay. So at the, I think there's 14 locales in this uh, publication so far, and they just keep building more every every episode. They keep building more into their city. It's a pretty neat concept. We should give them one that's just Steve's bedroom. All right. Like, this Pasta is where they were, Oh, yeah. No, Which yeah. This is just where we record <laughs> the podcast. That'll, that'll work. Let's do it. Be good. So anyway, I want to make sure everybody knows that this is even out there. If there happens to be one or two people that listen to our show that doesn't listen to theirs, uh, check out the Prismatic Tsunami Quarterly Review. It's on DriveThruRPG. It's only a dollar. It helps support their <laughs> podcast and helps you know keep them coming back. And uh, I'll have a link in the show notes. Make sure you check it. I want to make like a house where everything in it's narrated by Rod Sterling, and there's not there's not anything else that's going on in the house, but Rod Sterling knows all your darkest secrets yeah. and is like. <laughs> T- saying them like their plot points so that everybody can hear and people are then just turning you and going so that's what you think huh <laughs> and like and a mind reading house the, the house of awkward dark secrets yeah. <laughs> i don't want to play this game yeah who's he the narrator of the twilight zone and chief writer okay cool yeah picture this if you will yeah that guy imagine if you will for a moment please <laughs> that was picture this was night gallery what? Lawyered. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle. Uncle. All right. We got a couple emails. <laughs> Brian. Yeah. In response to your plea for GM advice. Meaning more than one? We got two. Ooh. Two as of the recording of this podcast. Right on. So let's um let's start a new segment today called uh listener tips for Brian. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's, it's called talking him off the ledge. The ledge. <laughs> Making him not jump into we- the Mississippi River. Because <laughs> that's how he sounded during that podcast. They drew first blood, not me. They drew first blood. All right. Well, our first um, our first email comes. I'm from, on the edge, Dan. <laughs> we're gonna I'm, we're gonna we're gonna bring you back. I'm gonna Brian. jump. We're gonna bring you back. Okay. Uh, I don't believe you. The first attempt comes from HK Fooey. Oh, I, I know this guy. Yes, oh. you do. No, I actually I don't know this guy, but I know this guy. Yeah, we've heard. You know he exists. We do. Listener HK Fooey. We're pretty sure it's not Dan. It's not me. <laughs> All right. Uh, he writes, okay, so I listened to the last episode, and I guess Tyler, question mark, is struggling with DMing a good game. Oh. I think he's just got the names mixed up. I'm yeah, sure he's yeah, talking yeah. about Brian. Yeah, no, I'm the DM. This, 
And Brian is oh, never, yeah, never done yeah, it right. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's a noob. You're in for a treat. Just wait. I'm now, a DM. Tell him ever. to A, give every player four or five hooks to explore. This gives players the choice of what to do. Next, B, create a series of nonlinear encounters. Thus, players choose what they want to do, and the DM drops an encounter when things start to slow down or if players are taking too long following up a hook. No encounter should be random. Everyone should have another hook attached to it. Um, give it a try, and you'll be surprised. By the way, I find it easiest to make the encounters non-level specific, so hopefully they can last a while without the need to, without the need to puff level them up. I.e., a group of pickpockets in the market, the leader of which has a sister who is being forced into prostitution unless the lad pays off his gambling debts. That one's too close to real life, but good luck. We understand. Peace, HK Pooh. <laughs> so what do you think of that? I'm inching towards the ledge. <laughs> I think well, that was for Tyler. Uh, it, it, it was well, it was good. No, no, no. It was meant for Brian, but I can actually draw from it, which is cool. I don't know. I mean, it's the it's the tree uh, method yeah. of storyline introduction. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in the have a hook for any of the different directions that they yeah. go. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty important. It's pretty. I mean, that makes sense, but it's kind of tough to. I'm like Captain Linear storyline. Like I like to tell my. Story. I like non-linear. Yeah. So for me, the hooks are always how to hook them back in. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why they're called the hooks. But. I'm just thinking of a giant flow chart in my head. It's like, if this, then this. If not if not this, then this. And like yeah. you end up with like six different um, scenarios, like six different battles. But it seems I, don't, kinda... I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It just takes a lot of preparation. Yeah, it's that's just, true. Yeah, it's a lot more directions. I mean, a lot of times the players create the hooks. I agree with that. And then I kind of try to run off of that because... Because they have an idea of what story they want their character to tell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I'm going to try to do it. All right. All right, HK. I'm going to try to do it. Let us us, uh, do like four or five hooks and see which one they try to grab onto. Yeah. And let us know if it energizes your players because I think that was your main issue was getting no i have i have bad players that was my issue (laughs) (laughs) that's what i was saying getting your getting energy from your players because they don't want to do anything making the bad players less so if you if you tailor the hooks to them and give them plenty of room to run maybe they'll find something to do yeah good luck well thanks hk all right let's move on to the second one uh the second one comes from chris from the npc cast what up chris um the npc cast is uh, apparently a new show i just got it this email just as soon as we sat down to record this podcast so i haven't had a chance to listen to anything or even so much as look and make sure it actually exists um but i will (laughs) vet this and put the link in the show notes if it does in fact exist and thanks chris for the letter chris writes i just listened to your most recent episode and the first of all would like to say that i enjoyed it thoroughly as a fellow gm many of the issues that your other host was having in his game were very near and dear to my heart as I've experienced some of the same things. I feel as though I may be able to impart some advice that may help him with some of his issues and would be thrilled to be able to do so. Thanks for your time, and I'm glad it's happened to stumble on your cast via Stitcher Radio. You should just put oh, some, yeah. some touching piano music behind yeah. <laughs> each reading of an email. I'm always entertained by someone who writes in to go, Hey, I have answers to your questions. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, thanks for thanks for uh, reaching out. All I right. will definitely be checking out your podcast. There I was. You can Carpe GM Gamecast. You can you can definitely send the emails to Dan at CarpeGM.net, and uh, I imagine you'll be getting a letter for me from me long before you hear this episode. So um, look for it. 
Well, that'll uh, that'll close out our uh, listener tips for Brian. Uh, give segment me, give me today. more. <laughs> give me more. If you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to help Brian be a better GM, send us your your uh, your tips. Dan at carpegm.net. We'll get them on the air. Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois. Six zero six five two. With that, let's move on to what's on our horizon. <laughs> So let's, uh, Mac, what's on your horizon? My, my opposite horizon. way? This is weird. Let's see. Well, it, a lot of fun uh, yesterday cracking out the old uh, fourth ed books, pre-essentials. Yeah, uh, that was fun. This is for character generation for the game that you're going to play in Tyler's first game, right? Woo. Yeah, the Tyler's first uh, uh, DM experience. We're uh, popping the old GM cherry there. Tyler's gene mm-hmm. curious. That was, I, I, <laughs> those are weird noises to associate with that. I already feel violated. Yeah, you should. You it's going to happen. I drew a character sketch. He did. It was pretty majestic, actually. <laughs> he, the, the surnames for your character are just the funniest thing. He, he needs a surname. <laughs> I do. He's, he's a dragonborn with like an, an eight, eight dexterity. dexterity. Yeah, so you're like... It's the neoclassical right now, model, name, like... Like my name, my name is like Strathus the Reckless. Yeah, Mick stumbles into walls. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was a lot of fun cracking out the books. I still need to find. I think my Psionic Handbook, and I can't remember which book. Uh, has the not the multiclassing feats, but the like actual uh multiclass sampling stuff that you can do. I need to need to find which book they redid multiclassing in, because I'm gonna power game the hell out of this. Anyway. <laughs> Boo. And we Boo. We, uh, we picked we, the wrong guy. We hooked ourselves up with uh, with a first time player too, so we're gonna yeah we did. See, Bass and I are gonna. He's one of our yeah. listeners that uh, joined in the contest, and he got his first set of dice. We're actually, break from the Carpegm Gamecast. Now he's going to be <laughs> playing his first tabletop RPG. We're just gonna hit him with a hammer when they hammer crit yep. fail. That'll work. That's what you do. That's what, <laughs> that's what we teach. I should just. Like adversarial GM the shit out of it and be like, only Sam dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone can get in except for his character. You have <laughs> to sit in ma- the corner. There's a magical barrier that doesn't let rogues in. So I'll see you in a few weeks. <laughs> so between that and having my house invaded by a 48 hour film project that I have nothing to do with, I. Uh, Whoa! Bound chicken wow wow. Yeah, invaded. <laughs> for 48 hours? And by house, you mean. Wow. Uh, well, we, uh, you have a problem with watching, Don Cable? <laughs> I've been watching, uh, let's see, 20. I think, to, I think technically 24 hours of uh, Magic the Gathering Pro Tour over the last three days. So, yeah. And more to go because I still got to watch the finals. Good and you, you watch the Pro Tour so that you can see what's going to happen in the lesser tournaments through around the country. Yeah, right? they tend to lead off with a major tournament where the pros all get to decide, like, get to walk into a format where nobody knows exactly how things are going to be. The lower level, more local tournaments played after that are already in a defined format. So, yeah, you get to watch what uh, smarter people do and then go replicate it somewhere. Or, you know, uh, th- so they're like, trying a lot of stuff and you get to see what works and then just go play what works. Is it like world poker tour where you have like a camera and you can like peek at their hand and yeah they hold their hands up most of the time but yeah there's a camera angle camera angle on each hand a camera angle on their faces and a camera angle on the table from directly above they they switch through pretty well they need a producer really badly though i mean i know like they, they televise a lot of their major events and they're it's not like there's one every day or anything but 
Uh, there's got to be a spare producer somewhere in California, you know, where Watsi's headquarters. Well, I guess they're they're up in Seattle. Aren't they? Yeah, they're in Watsi. So you got a film a spare project producer. going on in your house right now? Tell them to give them a call. I, I did. Don't you? Wow, wow. Brown chicken, brown cow. Brown chicken, brown cow. All right, cool. Max, you have anything else? There really have been strangers in my house for like the last two days. Just yeah. in the basement all hours of the night. Now, <laughs> chicka, wow, wow. Yeah. Paranormal, paranormal activity five. Yeah. Bareback activity five. You just used your bedroom. Just what? like put a camera in there and there's some ghouls. I was in my bedroom. Huh? Brown chicka, wow, wow. Oh, you were in your bedroom? What is Throughout the entire 48-hour film project? Is this like real world? No, but I didn't leave the house a lot. I was at work for some of it, and then I was watching 24 hours of magic over the course of three days. Plus, mm. I slept some. Like, what do you want from me? Are you sure you weren't watching 24 featuring Kiefer Sutherland? I've seen the first two seasons. What's your point? <laughs> oh, God. Good All Lord. Right. Tyler, what have you been doing? Let's see. Um, okay. So next month, um, the new StarCraft Two expansion comes out, Heart of the Swarm. I bet not. Huh? Bet it doesn't come no, out. No, put it in bet right now. Yeah. No, no, it's gonna come out. <laughs> um, basically, it's a huge launch event, and of course, I've never mentioned before in the podcast that I'm a huge strategy slash um, tactic based game player. You right? say that all um, the time. I, oh wow, do I? <laughs> Brian's been paying yeah. attention. So, <laughs> I love StarCraft. I'm not. I'm not supremely good at it, but I really like to follow it because the people. That play it like the the pros of player are absolutely nuts. Like when, when StarCraft Two was in beta, I was watching tons of it on YouTube. A lot yeah, of yeah, like uh, like uh, the little one and stuff. Yeah, like, and then yeah. when it came out, I I started playing it, and I'm terrible at that game, but yeah. it's still really fun to watch. <laughs> it's super fun to watch. Probably less fun to play, but I wish it were more fun to play. Um, it would be <laughs> if I had more time to dedicate towards like being like a Gosu uh, StarCraft gamer. And like living in like a StarCraft house, like some of these guys do, where literally like they're living in a heap of trash, just playing like ladder StarCraft games all day. Does this not Actually, get a? Does this not get a bound chicken wow wow? Heap of trash. No. StarCraft. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Living I, in a Stark. You want to live in a StarCraft house and be a full time StarCraft? Nah, yeah, player. nah. But I am jealous yeah, though, and, and webcast it all the time. <laughs> bound chicken no wow wow. Okay. So there's that. So start. Uh, Art of the Swarm's coming out. I just always envision like a computer. And a chair, and then some big fat scruffy dude in a diaper, and then hold on, hold on. (laughs) This is not my thing. This is just the way I envision. And then an entire wall of Mountain Dew bottles and chips bags and takeout and pizza boxes surrounding this thing. You actually wall yourself in, and if you build a window out of the pizza boxes, they can continue to deliver to you. I mean, (laughs) all right, there you go. You just like build the Iron Throne out of like fast food bags. Yeah, (laughs) don't knock my Saturday night. Yeah. That's all I have. <laughs> Dude, that, that, I just cleaned my room earlier, and that was eerily creepy description. All right. Yeah, the, all the all the eerily cans and bottles is like <laughs> lining my computer desk at any given time. So, yeah, I really want to get back into StarCraft. I've been playing a lot of, like, uh, I think I mentioned in the last episode, Fire Emblem. Uh, I was going to buy it, and I did buy it, and it's actually a really, really good game, and it lived up to all the hype, so I'm really excited about that. And then I've just... As always, just been playing a lot of Dota 2, like probably put it, you know, I put in about 80 hours every couple weeks. At least that's what my Steam profile says. So right. uh, just love those strategy games, man. Brian, how about you? Comics. Yeah. I've been reading some more of them. Yeah. I have been, haven't talked about comics in a while. Last time we talked about comics was when Steve talked about Spider-Man. So I feel like I need to bring it back. 
you know, a little bit. Yeah. I've read Batman 17. I got to it. It's the end of the death of the family arc okay. for Batman, which was the second big arc in Scott Snyder's New 52 Batman. And it this is, is what, Return of the Joker, Yes, right? it brought Joker Wasn't the back. first one Court of Owls? I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Court of Owls was the first arc, and I praised... But some of that, that was super creepy. Is great. I, we talked about it before on the podcast. Yeah, nice. I, I, I praised it already once. So I thought I'd revisit that and tell everybody that the second part is just as good. <laughs> I really like the Joker stuff. Uh, the last issue kind of fell a little flat for me because I thought there'd be some like huge reveal that's going to be like change the dichotomy and of set up the next hook. Yeah, it, it kind of does. It, it 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 entertains some really interesting ideas about the Joker's past and his true identity. Um, and I thought that stuff was really cool. And uh, the relationship between Batman and Joker, uh, th- that's really explored a lot too. But uh, the art is amazing. Greg Capulo has been doing the art since the beginning, and it's fantastic. So, I don't know. Great. I highly recommend it. Cool. I mean, I don't get to read many comics, but uh, I do enjoy the Batman. So, yeah. it Basically, it kind of like says that Batman knows the identity of the Joker, like who, what his real name is and who he really is and stuff. And Joker just can't deal with that towards the end, and he ends up like, kind of killing himself it does like he's gone like he falls down a pit or something is that a spoiler not really okay he like falls down a pit he'll he'll come back yeah he'll be back yeah so yeah. i don't know it's good it's cool. like team rocket blasting i'll off put a again. link yeah. to the dc universe entry for the comic steve how about you uh i did some D stuff go cool. on all right <laughs> what was that <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh <clears throat> Well, uh, I started my uh, new D&D campaign, I guess, at my dungeon crawl with my... With your dungeon dice. Dungeon dice. Right? How'd it go? It was pretty fun. I'm in it. Yeah. Did it work as randomly as you thought it was going to? It yeah. It was awesome. I couldn't yeah, even tell he was using them. Cool. Uh, I'm starting to like couldn't tell he was mess around them. with those things a little bit more. And uh, Spider-Man Hero Clicks. Right. They're pretty cool. You got the <laughs> one that uh, looks like Doc Ock that smacks Mary Jane. No, no. That, that, they don't even have a <laughs> yeah. Doc Ock in the set. Yeah. I'm just messing with you, man. This set's weird, but they're, it's cool. It's all right. Cool. So uh, I guess the uh, Spider-Man Hero Clicks doesn't stack up to the Batman stuff that was coming out recently. I'm a Batman fan, and I don't really like Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, there aren't any big stuff in this one, is, are there? Is there big stuff in this set? You mean like? Like the last like Batman set had like and the stuff? vehicles. And no, stuff. no, no, no. There's no yeah. Colossal. That, that, the next thing you're going to do is the DC's... Teen Titans is going to introduce yeah. team bases, which is like the whole team on a single base. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I know. Okay. So. <laughs> God, Spider-Man is so lame. <laughs> That's what I was saying. As I was hero? saying that at Heroic the other night. I was talking to Drake and those guys. Yeah, and they were, I know. I'm like, Spider-Man's lame. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. You don't like the Spider-Man bases? I'm like, no, I don't like the Spider-Man bases. They make this game look more cartoony than it is. Like, Are yeah. the bases just... Uh, Dumb every every no. Spider-Man. No, the chases. A, like, you guys just hating all, on Spider-Man. Just all the chases bases. Yeah. <laughs> chases bases. Yeah, all the chases bases are like red and they have like the webbing on it. What about the chases faces? I think chases bases is actually the name of they the do have faces. project at my house. <laughs> <laughs> Bounce you go wow wow. I've been oh, um, listening to some actual plays lately. Oh. And uh, I, I caught up on some old ones. I, I really like the system that I'm hearing being played. It's called Fear Itself, 
And it's an investigative Call of Cthulhu. Hmm. Um, X-Files type. More Cthulhu, like old or like ones. wearing like has me like, where's the murder? <laughs> no, it's modern. It's modern. Uh, oh. RPPR's got a couple of um, games that they've actual played on there. You should probably check them out. They're Fear Itself. It's just really neat the way they do like sanity points and stuff. It's called Stability. And uh, it's, it, it really fits well into the system. Every time you see something that just doesn't make any sense or anything like that, you have to roll a stability check. And if you fail your stability, you don't necessarily <laughs> well, just don't go insane sense. and you die forever. <laughs> that you, don't make no sense. You, that right. just don't make no sense. You, uh, you take off running or, you know, you have... You go um, a little more crazy every time. <laughs> You, you do go a little bit more crazy, but you can get your, your stability points back if you do uh, specific types of actions. Like some, t- some people's stability might be music. If you can get your iPod in your ears and listen, you might gain some stability back. Uh, someone else's stability might be uh, helping someone else. So if you can help bandage somebody's wounds, you can get a stability point back. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. You wanna, here's a DM challenge where you write an encounter in a horror campaign where... You're constantly making your players take sanity checks, and you don't tell them whether they succeed or not. It's just you have to constantly start telling a much more screwed up story based on whether they're failing or not. Everyone else is still like making the checks, and they're like, "What the?" And and, and maybe one of the characters is just going crazy. So every time you come back to like his turn, stuff's really weird. Right, so it's like and the other players are like, "What's going right. on with Steve?" So right. So it's like, <laughs> Brian, you enter the room. Yes. Steve, there's spiders everywhere. <laughs> right. You yeah. can't get away from the all drugs. the puppy dogs. The <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a brilliant idea. I love it. Thank you, Mac. Oh, speaking game. of ideas, you had a terrible one. What was that? I listened to the last episode, which would be two episodes ago now, where you're like, do a campaign with like the only combat. It's like the last. <laughs> I was like, and I will re-listen to that. And I thought it was re-stupid, and I want to tell you it's stupid. <laughs> re-stupid. That's yeah. brilliant. There are ways to do it. Yeah. But I don't think you can do Bring it a pillow. Players. Bring a pillow? Yeah. I'm going to run a game with no combat. Oh, no combat. I yep. heard only combat. Nope, no combat. Oh, I'm going to run no. a game with no combat like, oh, for you. No combat. It's you're all running, about you're... system setting and storyline. That's why you I have do books. It. It's all about... I have like a, have like a backlog just, of books that I have. You tell like read. a high school story. Like, you, it's every, not even every, you can't that. get in a fight. You just have to, you know, try you to. You gotta do beat stuff. up the bully. He's gonna take your girl. You can't. It's no, a combat. You can't. It, you can't beat up the. You have well, to go get in home. Trouble. You'll get, you won't get that scholarship. Screw the principal. He's a <laughs> dick anyway. You gotta go home and blog your about will it. Totally ground you like forever. Worth it. Yeah. So does cutting yourself equal combat? <laughs> Ooh. I yes, think, I think I just read your wait, plan. Sensitive topic among the gamer community. <laughs> All right, speaking oh. of topic, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. We're going to move on <sighs> to our gamer topic. Fine. Thank God we're not talking about cutting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back. Oh, Today's wait. sorry, <laughs> I forgot we had to go on a break. We do go on a break. Today's topic is character death. This is a big one. <laughs> you said that last time. Bounce went well. Is it with you? The last one was a big one. A lot of big ones. That's what she character said. death 
can potentially affect anybody that plays a tabletop role-playing game in any genre in any system. What does it mean when a character dies? Is it the end of a story arc? Is it the end of your game night? Generally, it, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You sorry lost go the, ahead. You lost the character sheet. I just wanted to say, like, oh, yeah. generally it's like, um, hey, I'm tired of playing this character. I want to play a new one. And that's what death means to me. At least <laughs> Kill I mean, me. I'm, sure, I'm sure Brian will agree with that one. So you're yeah. begging for death? Tell you're me like, that I might re-roll. I'm yes. bored of my character after three sessions. I want to play this other Goofy Boots character I found in the <laughs> bowels of the books. Oh, that voice. Majestic I've done Goofy Boots. That. I have done that before. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Mac? What, when, when I die? Yeah. When, when I what, die, it's normally because I bit off more than I can chew. So it means failure to you as a player. Yeah. Sorry to put you through that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it means. Game over. Yeah, That no, it's like that. It's like, oh. I mean, you can re-roll and you can keep playing and everything, but you just failed. Your character, like, you couldn't make it through on one character. You have you had to put two more quarters in the machine, and this isn't, and your name's not going to go up on the high scoreboard. Like, it's not going to happen. Yep. What about the okay. noble sacrifice? Like, you, you're going to hold them off with the bottleneck. So that the rest of the party can get away. That's not a like, failure, right? Like the Boromir factor? It's not really, but I don't think I've ever lost a character that way. Hmm. Steve, only... what about you? You ever lost a character like that? Like what? Like just a noble stand while the rest of the party runs away? You're just holding... No. And you know, yeah, like and you know I'll say that I, I, I'm glad we're talking about this topic because I've, it's not that I've never lost character that way for for failure of try, and I've never had the opportunity never had the to. opportunity? No, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's something to, something to think about. A lot of times I get... How, like, what about you for character yeah. death? What do you? How do you normally deal with it? What normally happens? I've never really been like disappointed with like uh, my character dying or anything like that. The last yeah. time your character died, he you played him for like one session. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't like ruin the fun for me at all. It doesn't really mean anything except that I get to roll another character. To me, I mean, have you? Um... Have you ever played a long campaign and then had the character die before you finished whatever it is, unfinished business, you know? No, usually my, like, pattern of it is I'll make a character, if whenever I play a long campaign, like, I'll make a character and it'll last two sessions and die. <laughs> and then I'll make a character and that character will last the rest of the campaign. It's, like, this weird pattern I have. It does wow. happen. That's weird. Yeah. That's strange. Brian, what about you? I B- think... What? <laughs> like... He's never had a character die. <laughs> Wizards never die. No, I mean... Boop, ash, surprise. Long campaign, lots of buy-in on your character, and then it dies before you finish the story you wanted to tell? Dan, I've never played in a long campaign. Oh. I've only been running Really? Them. The GM no. can't die. Okay. I mean, uh, I played in a few, but my characters don't really die, because I usually build good ones. They don't die, they don't die. <laughs> Um, you know, sometimes the djinn cast spells on each other that they can't. Hey, sometimes that happens. Sometimes people get butt hurt when their characters <laughs> die. That's what I'm hearing right now. Let's just be honest. <laughs> All right, so what does, um, as a GM, from a GM standpoint, what does one of your characters dying mean to you? Mm. What does that mean to you as the GM? What do you does think? Mean? In my opinion, it means you got to help the other person. Make a character, which can be annoying. I mean, not really, but like if they don't really know it, you gotta take time out of what you're doing to help make character. Okay. And then you have the task of like introducing their character into the story just randomly somehow, which is also not very fun. Well, you, you do seem to do that pretty well. Yeah. Like creating, you know, 
Introducing characters and, and tailoring storylines to the loss of one character, the introduction of another one's interesting GM stuff, but just from the, the mechanics of like what you're doing for the rest of the night thing, like when, yeah. if a character dies in the first like 20 minutes of your campaign night, are, does if do you keep DMing or do, does that player have to go sit out do you for the next hour? Do you to run for the rest of the... Give them their pink slip and say, hour get out of here. <laughs> Man, that's rough. You know, <laughs> just, for, just on a weekly schedule, like we tend to... Uh, right. Uh, average. I think um, most people even actually. I, I'd I'd be willing to wager. I, I'm trying to. Remember. Most people actually play every other week. I, I I don't know. I just figured people had a game night. Yeah. Can you remember the last time I had a character that actually died? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. This is the last one I can remember. It was probably like three or four years ago. The elf John Deathridge. John Deathridge. Yeah. Remember oh, him? Wow. The one who got killed by the Sandpoint Devil. The, the horse thing? Oh, yeah. Were you running that? No, that was Danny. That's right. So like four years ago. Ty- that was a typo anyway. We found out later. Yeah, I she died got, to a typo. Yeah, That's hilarious. killed by a typo in one of the Adventure Path books. What was the typo? <laughs> Instead uh, of like 66D6, yeah. it was 6D6. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty egregious no, typo. No, it, it's like it, the it, difference it, between being hit by a meteor or a pebble. No, it wasn't, it wasn't really that. It was like... It was like six d six plus a hundred and fifty eight damage instead of when we picked up a like a third or second or third printing of it. It was like six d six plus fifteen or something. <laughs> yeah, they just added an extra. That's number. actually worse, Steve. Yeah. All right. Well, here I got something for you. Um, I, I'm of the opinion that um, players, a player character's death is a huge ordeal. It can happen. It's a great story device. It does happen because we use randomizers in our games, and there's no shortage of bad decisions somewhere, and, you know, it happens. Players die. But when but when a player character is dying, I tend to give the floor to that player. Say, okay, this is it. What are you doing? You know, this is kind of your last moment. This is your blaze of glory. How are you going to handle the situation? I Fairly. curse Zoidberg. <laughs> <laughs> Fairly adjudicate what you're doing and 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 end your story. Uh, anybody ever do that? I've never told an epic death story. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This whole thing is like you epic death. Everyone else never an epic death. Brian, didn't you just finish a campaign where some of the characters died? Yes. Yeah. In epic battles, and then you got, and then they it's got a to dragon, tell their, big old dragon. Didn't they get to tell like the the rest of their life stories? The guys who lived. Yeah. yeah. Steve is the only one who lived. So that's good. so <laughs> Steve, awesome. you got to tell like the epic yeah. story of what you did with that's the rest hilarious. of your life and yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, he 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 did it. And then the rest of them Were you the guy who built like the, the statue to yourself and <laughs> No. Somebody else got the that, statue. Like they all got cool chubs. they all got cool stuff that like happened in their name, but I was the only one who made it out of the campaign alive, essentially. <laughs> uh Jason we? did too. He was the alchemist and he started the alchemist school that made you go to P E. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> who were who we, who were we talking about? Should should have cursed the statue. Like who's whose was the statue? It was it was some blessed statue. It was a uh, Chubbs. Yeah. Chubbs was a dedicated healer class. He had yeah. no damaging spells okay. except for like one. And uh he all he did was heal and heal and he was so, a he was a mutant. Greg. He was a mute yeah, he was a mute gnome, I think, right? Or uh, <laughs> something like that. Like a mute halfling or something. And uh he died during the last battle versus the dragon and uh they like took his body back to the island he came from and like buried his ashes underneath this like in this area and they built a a fountain statue to his in his name and the water in it became holy water to like heal people 
Oh, Weren't cool. we joking though that one it's of the like, characters who died should come and curse it? Yeah, desecrate it with shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the last monologue from the three hundred. <laughs> like the whole like, <laughs> go tell a Spartan pacify that here my Spartan law be lie. <laughs> <laughs> so when a player character in your game dies, just like, the last session though. So like, what? What? I mean. Is it like the next guy walking through is like, oh, watch out for the bard. You know, don't step over, step over the wizard. And he's he's in the way. I mean, like, how important is? I it think it's hilarious when like this? characters die in my campaigns, and they're just like, yeah, we'll follow you to the ends of the earth, and then that guy dies, and they're like, oh, and then they like the new. Like, what do we do now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like the <laughs> new guy, the and then they like they're super abrasive to like every single like NPC they meet. They're like. <laughs> Screw you, buddy! You're an ass, and like, and then like, <laughs> and then like, the soon as like the new player character walks in, they're like, "Oh, hey, it's another guy that I love forever." I, I totally like, trust this man. Yeah, because he for has no this... reason at all. Yeah, <laughs> he has this PC marker floating above his head. Exactly. Hey, there you go. It's so like shopping for the uh, shopping for the next PC yeah. is a pain. So well, we just really like parties of four. I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Just, the just, first person a, to come up to us will be the new party member. <laughs> there's just a hole in my life. <laughs> oh my god! Do you ever do the like while the other guys write in the campaign, they suddenly have like the gnome who's been following them around the entire time join the party? Right, and it's then, like, oh look! <laughs> and then when the and when then when the guy's done writing his character, he comes in and kills the gnome and takes the gnome's place. <laughs> wow! The, uh, the, to, the temporary alternative PC. Go to a local bar fight. And you're just window shopping. You're just looking for the next meat shield. Like, uh, he's hey, good. Yeah, like that what about guy? that guy? <laughs> we we need a thief. Like, <laughs> it's like looking for group in like MMOs. <laughs> like looking for tank. Uh, Eighteen hundred resilience preferred. <laughs> well, you know that goes back all the way to the Hobbit. The reason they brought the Hobbit along is because he's a, a burglar. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. I like that. My question is um, rogue DPS. So it turns right. into like the the cohort collection scene from. Uh, Ocean's Eleven, where it's like, yeah. yeah. No, I like you, you get the business lot. card. It's like, nice lift. Call this number. Yeah, <laughs> and like you got to get Bernie Mac in there too. Bernie Mac in the campaign. Rest in peace. Um, so my question is, I'm sorry. My question was, um, so did your characters die because it was the last session, or was it this last session because your characters died? I think like is it, it was the last neither. session because he hates his players and you're running a new game. It was the end of the storyline, <laughs> right? Ding! <laughs> so, do we really think it should be that way, or is that just kind of how do it epic happened? end of the storyline, though? Didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it was the last session, and uh, most of the characters did die in the last fight, and uh, but that yeah. just made the fight epic, right? Yeah. I mean, most of them got one shot. But you were almost... Oh, God, that Shay's anyway. death was hilarious. <laughs> He's just like, I'm going to charge it, and then he just died. <laughs> like a heart attack? I'm going to charge it. <laughs> don't, don't you feel like that should have a soundtrack? Like it should be in slow-mo and Aerosmith should be playing over it? I want this thing. <laughs> dream out, dream out. They fought. They fought a giant. They fought a, like a giant dragon in the middle of a volcano, and Shay fell to his death. <laughs> Make a trip check. Oh, you tripped. It's like the end of Beowulf, only with a lot more death. Wow. All right. What? So, what's that? I was going to bring up another point about death. I was going to say, when is other ever death? When is death ever really that good of a plot point? Unless it's somebody who like really matters. 
Like, think of things in fiction, I guess, maybe where, like, the death of a character matters. It's because, like, those characters mattered They're already beforehand. in, like, a yeah. very significant position. Well, yeah. it, it depends on what the what use the the character had. Um, Just like, oh, the barbarian died. Well, well no. Let's find like, a new one. For instance, <laughs> I think I may have told this story on the podcast before, but um, I ran a game with my kids shortly after I taught them to play. And it was... They... It was just a one shot. I handed them all character sheets. We started playing. I told them that the goal was for them to defend their home against the the monsters that were sacking that were ransacking the area. And um, about a few minutes in, they realized once the battle started, I actually handed them their character sheets, and they realized that they were the kobolds and the orcs. And um, this is the the other side of the coin. Yeah, this is the other yeah. side of the coin, and they were defending themselves against the human adventurers who were trying to clear the area to keep their village safe. And they ultimately lost that battle. And I used those deaths of those characters to kind of instill some empathy for the monsters and kind of give the kids, my kids, a new perspective on the game that they were playing. Like, for instance, Gerda the Kobold had some cubs back in her cage, er, back in her cave, and as, um. As her vision went to black, that was her last thought. Forgotten realms. One giant codified millennia-long race war. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. We didn't start the race but war. To give, it, uh, <laughs> to give it, those character deaths mattered, not necessarily for that specific game, but for in a meta reason for my kids as gamers as a whole. We then later played the same scenario where they were the adventurers that were creeping into the woods and they didn't realize it until you know a specific boulder broke a specific tree down and it fell and they remembered where they were well my daughter who was playing gerda the kobold then after the battle was over went to the cave and pulled out the little kobold pups and stepped on them nope (laughs) and and kept them and raised them Poetic justice. What? <laughs> Kept them and raised them. Like his pets? They're yeah. all animals. Yeah. <laughs> and I slaughtered them like animals. Yeah. Your, your, your kids are like, I learned nothing. <laughs> and you're just oh, like, oh, oh my God. Oh, you think you taught me a lesson, eh? It's a quintessential path to the dark side. There were women and children. <laughs> I, slaughtered them. I slaughtered them all. So that that's a situation where you, death you mattered in yelling. a different um, also, if you Max Mac brought up a good point earlier that he's never actually been in the position where he could actually sacrifice his character for a meaningful death that meant something to him as a player, That's or true. he get to choose it. That's heavy stuff too. When you get to make that choice, and it's not just you know you say okay, I'm going to stay back and hold him off, and then the curtain closes. I don't think you, I've ever even created a character who had like family. Here's the other thing. Yeah, 99% of the players I play with play characters who really only care about themselves and their now, personal I've had characters with gamers. a lot of backstory in the past, but those storylines never ended and my character never died. So, like, there was never an opportunity, again, to... Right? With regards yeah. to family and whatnot. And, heck, sometimes you die in other planes. None of your GMs yeah. ever used family against you and then you were, you know... Your sister's been kidnapped. Your mother. Yeah, I totally did that. And then that's just that's just the end of it. It's nothing. There's no connection there. It's just that this this sister character, this sister NPC who I've never even actually role played a scene with, um, has disappeared. It's literally just a story hook. It's not a death that matters. If the sister actually gets killed, the player's probably not going to feel anything. 
uh, as opposed to if we were playing a game and um, maybe I've discussed something with Mac ahead of time and his character's been kidnapped or you know something along those lines, got captured in the dark, and he now has to run a separate character. Uh, maybe the NPC heel bot that's been running around with you or the merchant in the next town, you know, something like that. That plot hook may, plot hook may mean a little bit more to you as a player because this is the, the actual person you've been adventuring with and role-playing with this entire time. But I think it comes down to if character death is going to matter, you ultimately have to buy into your character. If you don't, it's just, you know, another Mario life down the drain. Of which there are 99 others. I've, right. I've, I've even played in campaigns where we had, like, onks of reincarnation. Right. And death meant nothing. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I, I think, think it's like a valuable tool edition. to use. <laughs> yeah. I think it's hard to make um, NPC Like, can you do that with NPCs as well? Like you were just saying with Max character, but if you guys were, like, adventuring with, like, an NPC for, like, six or seven campaigns, and, like, he's your bro, and then he just gets off. If like, it actually works out that way, yeah, but there has to but be have a bond. We, have we been conditioned, like, as, like, people who have, like, seen a lot of movies and read a lot of books to just know that every single, everybody's expendable in these stories and just knowing that, like, anybody could die at any time or really just, like, harden ourselves against it? Well, I mean, I, c I can see what you're saying there, but you've all played in the games where there's a specific blacksmith who you just... You really like going back to that blacksmith shop every chance you get because it's got a funny voice. The GM role plays. He always gives you a good price. You know, whatever. And you you have a good you have a good banter with this blacksmith. Uh, that's the type of NPC where if you go a town out of the way just to make sure that you're going to hit Jameson Big Left Arm to hit his shop, then that's the type of NPC that it that your GM's going to snipe. He's the one that's going to get poached. All of a sudden, something's going to happen to Jameson. And that's the problem, is that that happens so regularly that people will put up the walls and not interact with the NPCs the way that the way that their character actually might, were they actually existing in that area. I have the exact opposite reaction for most people. Most times, the NPC's death is caused by the players. Right. Like, I, okay. I, can't, I cannot make an NPC that the players just immediately hate. I see what you're saying. They just, don't just hate you mean? Yeah, they just hate. They, they hate every NPC. They're like, well, why do I trust this asshole? Like, or what's the blah, blah, blah. like? He's retarded or he's dumb. I don't care about him. Like, so I cannot make an NPC that anybody cares about at all. Hmm. So, so even as role players, like, when's the last time in your character's history description you included like your people, where you're from, your family, whether you're married or not, whether you have kids or not, who your parents are, whether they're alive or not, like. When, when's the last time you weren't a lone wolf who was in a country to which you had no allegiances? Like, you know what I mean? I, uh, to be honest, it's pretty much every time I play. I know, yeah, right. Like everybody writes their characters up as lone wolves, and it's in everything else. Like, well, Tyler that's was how they're created. Before. They're created in vacuums. You've told me yourself that your characters bring your your players bring character sheets to the table. This was the case yeah. that I made with the character generation session. Where you guys create your characters and create the Venn diagram that's going to tie them together and the reason that they're even adventuring in the first place. Now I have done that before. Like we, we, <clears throat> Brian and I have talked about before a campaign that he ran where we went in another room and gave up a bunch of plot hooks. Yeah, that two people? worked really well. Or yeah. five people, twelve people. It doesn't matter. It helps to not create your character in a vacuum. It helps to not have lone wolf hobos running around because <laughs> they actually have a reason to be there next to the other guy. You know, Tyler mentioned in other games and stuff that we're conditioned to this. I mean, I was thinking in Mass Effect, they don't even say that Earth, like, 
exists until like the third game, I think. Like he's just the only human in the world for the longest time. <laughs> and then I think in, 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 in like Halo, the only person in the world Master Chief gives a damn about is Cortana, and that's just because it's the only person in the world whose name he knows. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, what about Sarge? Isn't he dead Man. By, by four? Oh, spoiler. I cared about Sarge. I liked him. <laughs> I thought, and I'm sad that he's gone. Why? Is he dead? I didn't know. I, what did you I hear about him? He was dead. Because he was a... He was a badass. He was the like devil may care black guy who just was just like, oh, I'm just gonna charge in with my pistol and kill every alien that has superior technology. <laughs> like, so you were sad when he died? Yeah, because most of the time he got away with it, but this time he didn't. He's the lock stock marine, and he gets stabbed or something. Yeah, he gets stabbed, but like when every, this, every what, other in what time? game? When did this happen? Three, in Halo Three, he gets stabbed by um the one of the councilmen, one of the one of the, one of the uh, council. I don't fucking well, remember. That's a great example of an NPC being killed. Yeah, that was that was actually a really good Best example. NPC getting killed, Robin. Uh, definitely a great one. Uh, Robin getting beat down with the crowbar from the Joker was amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it's not a game, but yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a story. Yeah. I mean, if you can replicate those feelings at your game table, then you win. And it's interesting how that ties in because that was decided on like a poll. So it really just like boils down to like how the players feel. So that kind of goes back to your thing. Like you're going to decide your own death. Like essentially the fans decide the death of Jason Todd. Right. So, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's important to, to note that the fans <laughs> were allowed to decide the death of Jason Todd because they all wanted him dead. Because they were right? all yeah. flaming. He was an- <laughs> They're all flaming the writers that are just like original, no more Jason Todd. Original Jason Todd was a <laughs> that's total a that's jerk. a spin on NPC interactions that I've never jerk. really no. thought of. Uh, an NPC who's absolutely not the villain or even just opposing the party at all. They just hate him so much and they want him dead like so bad that the guy's death becomes like the reason for the party at the table when people stand up and start applauding because. He just got beat with a crowbar. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we brought this up before, but Brian, in the one, the last campaign I played, the fourth, that he made a troll NPC that we all wanted dead, and then he disappeared and he never died, and it was the most frustrating thing ever. <laughs> so that's actually a really good point. Like, we need to revisit that campaign and hunt him down. Like, yeah, seriously. Maybe we like, need to. Was he a dragonborn? Maybe we no, need to table this. Just a little can can just be your new character. It was a guy that we let live for some misguided oh, sense yes, of like, like pride, this. and then he was just like, "I escape," and then we caught him again. He's like, "Please let me go." We're like, "Okay," or we like turned him over to the dragonborn, and then he like got broke out of prison, and it's just like, "God, we can't trust the 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 legal system anymore." Sounds like every annoying side character from like Xena and Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> they just never die, never go away. Oh, always so, escape justice or punishment. What happens to the characters when a player character dies? They go like, into my folder. Are we okay? So they go into your folder. <laughs> oh no! But seriously, folder. When, when we were looking through his fourth ed books to roll characters last night, he went into the graveyard. Man, there's <laughs> man, there's some history in there. Yeah, dude, it's like eight or nine years of history. Some of Tyler's characters with like math homework on the back. Oh, like, dude, you've got some serious math homework on. There's these like, <laughs> there's like oh, these yeah. these wavy bridges with like things on them. And oh, that's like... that's normal distribution. I was taking stats at the time, and then <laughs> I remember having to leave a session, do my my stats homework and then come back and I did my stats homework on the back of my character sheet which I brought back two hours later and then play the campaign <laughs> <laughs> so that was awesome because you're you're trying to create an immersive world the idea of death of anyone in it kind of carries some weight for the NPCs the players even the player characters even if it doesn't for the players uh, there's funerals there's afterlife is there an afterlife is there reincarnation 
you know, the Egyptians had a huge, a huge storyline for what happens whenever, you know, your, your person dies. Um, and also, you know, ancient Greeks had Hades and the underworld. Yeah, a lot of this is going to come with campaign settings. Right. It's all going to settle in with your campaign settings. But as the GM, when do you establish what death means? Do you wait for a pertinent death? Because it doesn't really come up until some bad shit happens. It's weird. You have to kind of set that up ahead of time and be ready. And how do you fit it in? You know, it's kind of like, oh, speaking of player character death, did you... uh, See the Rams game last night, Steve? I mean, it's... Football season's <laughs> over. Exactly. It's it's really weird to just talk about what happens when things die if something didn't die. So it's hard to fit that bit of the culture into around your game table without having it in your face that a player character or an NPC just died. So you as the GM kind of have to create that ahead of time, I guess? So, I mean, a lot yeah. of the problems like are with what your, happens? your setting, what game you're playing, and all that sort of stuff. It's pretty easy to, I think, say that the world, like within this aspect, the world is like our world. Nobody knows, and it never affects anything. Like, you can have religions or whatever, but when somebody dies, they're just dead. Until they get back up. Well, if they do, I mean, it depends, That's on, an what, issue. It depends on what system you're using. Right. Now, now, in today's world, if somebody who just died got back up, that would be screwy, okay? Yeah, that's putting it lightly. <laughs> However, you know, you take... Um, Forgotten Realms, um, a place where w- divine magic exists, and everybody Waterdeep already knows has that a that's city the of the like, dead, where yeah. you it's completely walled up because the dead get up every once in so a while like and I walk said, around the place. Yeah, that comes with the setting. I mean, that's hmm. you know. yeah. I never consider that. It's like where, how permanent is this whole death? I, th- yeah. I think I think how permanent is death? What happens when something dies? And I think like all the comics and all the movies and all the crap that we've watched just makes us think that like death is less permanent because of all the like ways that it's like hedged and right. like all the plot hooks I, um, superman i yeah. think it, <laughs> i was gonna say that yeah i was gonna say dc universe no one ever dies because it's just it's it they don't die no, they the, don't die the reason the reason <laughs> move at the speed of plot the reason the death of superman was so huge was because it was the death of superman and then once he came back it completely ruined death it didn't carry Please any weight. put a weight. link in our show forever. We, link I will. in the show notes to Darrow's. Death and Return of Superman by Darrow. It's on YouTube. Uh, I will. Explicit tag. That's e- fine. Explicit tag for sure. I will. He, he, he's not dead. <laughs> anyway. Did I punch him? Uh, punch him like, so him like so hard. Punch him like so hard. Death doesn't have to be the end of a character. It doesn't have to be the end of a game. It doesn't have to be the end of game night. Uh, if you have a PC die... Uh, you can have him slide around the screen and help the GM to run monsters. You know, you can do that, which is that kind of well on fourth ed. kind of a, kind of a cop out in some games. But yeah. there's a, there's other more crunchy games where you can you can you can put somebody else behind the dice along with you, and as long as they're willing to not pull their punches with the party. Can I ask you, Dan, which attribute of a role playing game is the crunchy part? The crunchy part is the numbers part. Oh, okay. Number crunchy. Number crunchy. It's a part made by Frito Lay. That's correct. (laughs) Is it is it baked or toasted or whatever? Depends on the system. Fried, 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 fried or old hippie gamers. Deep fat fried. (laughs) What do you guys think about um, ways to use death in your campaign? Like what? Uh, Generously, like salt or pepper. 
make the make the other PCs like have to do something with the dead character. Okay, like, so you the, can't just leave it. Like you weekend at Bernie's. You gotta, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Fort that does that. Do the Bernie. It's like Fort that you have to have somebody who can do the ritual, but the ritual to to, to bring someone back to life. But the ritual takes a long time, and sometimes you don't have somebody with the ritual. So there's like. There's embalming. That's a martial ritual, a martial uh, prowess or whatever thing that you can do. There's preserve body. That's a, a regular ritual that you can do. There's whenever a character dies, you go into this in fourth ed. You go into this side campaign that is trying to keep and transport the body to someone who can res it. I'm like, well, yeah. the, the, that that brings to mind another when I was another gaming story. I was um, I was playing a wizard. Some crappy Did he die, one. but they never die. Yeah. There's Some no way. Crappy old crotchety well, wizard. Hold you on. Were a bad wizard. Let me finish. <laughs> Let me finish. What were you doing in combat? Um, Which is useless in combat. We got uh, we got surrounded. By, I don't remember. We were gorgons or something. I got turned to stone. I turned to stone. Yep. Gorgon basilisks. <laughs> no, gorgons turned. Gorgon, gorgon basilisk. Yeah, gorgon basilisk chimeras. They got, they got a gorgon head at the one end, a basilisk head at the other end, and you can't you, so you can't win. What are you, you just can't are, win? Are you triple stone? Or are you like triple stone? Triple stone. Triple stone. Yeah, wow. it was like a wizard. Man, there was this bull, man. And we <laughs> got like triple shit, stone. Man. Anyway, um, my my wizard got turned to stone, and they were trying to like take me, they like strap me onto a horse and like try to take me to town. And, oh, everybody's had to do that. Like, and the, and I fell off. Turned to, stu- turn to stone nightly. And, 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 <laughs> and <laughs> I fell off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fell off the horse and I broke into a few pieces. So then... Oh, uh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> so then, Wait, did your wizard yeah. die? <laughs> no. Listen. Oh. So then the whole story arc became the invention of glue. No, we have to find <laughs> we have to find an amazing craftsman, an amazing stone worker who can put me back together and then a high level priest who can bring me back. Did it take all the king's horses? It, it took all the king's horses. And all the king's men? And all the king's men. And that funny egg looking guy. Stone by wow, wow. Warriors by night. In any case, that was that was something hey, That's my line. That was a little side <laughs> That was a little side quest that happened because of a death. So your wizard did not die. Uh no, ultimately no. But was wasn't, a wizard. He, wasn't he like old and like expendable anyway? No, he was kind of a he was kind of a beast. He was kind of a hinch, uh, uh, a linchpin to the story. So were you? Did you influence the whole like resurrection of him, or like were the other players just being like good guy Gregs and being like, okay, yeah, let, let's get him back to life? That's what they were doing. So they're just making you like re-roll a character. Yeah, I was my <laughs> character was was entwined in the storyline. So just as if one of them had died. So my the loss of my character was a loss for the party, not we, just screw that guy. Let's go find a new wizard. We've taken slight asides into uh, NPC death from character death, and, and right. can I just say this one thing about character life with regards to classes? the The way they write up wizards um, reflect so much like book learning that you're either old already as a right. wizard because you spent your entire life trying to learn this stuff, or you're young but have had no life, like. A barbarian, much, yeah. a barbarian or a fighter or whatever is a guy who picked up a sword and went and got a job. Like, welcome to. I mean, I mean these, these are the realizations that created the core classes from first, first edition D anD. d That's why the wizard had like two hit points because he had no physical prowess because he spent all of his days and locked up in his tower yeah, reading, reading books, all of his books and so like on mounds and so forth. of books. So, because I, I guess that's the difference between more contemporary systems in that. Some of that history has 
disappeared because you can just right off the shelf pull this wizard yeah. and, and what just, happened to well-rounded people you know that's well-rounded people aren't adventurers they were adventurers dicks. are absolutely insane <laughs> get rid of them Adventures yeah, well, are Looney Tunes. Or like the jack of all trades. Like adventures are Looney Tunes. <laughs> Would you go out if someone told anybody at this table, "Hey, there's a huge monster in this cave, and it sits on a huge pile of treasure. If you go kill it, you can have it." I have questions. I have regularly applied to for asteroid mining jobs. <laughs> Do I have the ability to cast wizard spells? No, you have a sword. Am I good with that sword? Pretty good. Well, then we're not talking about me. So no. <laughs> I mean, adventures are loony. With a sword. I am. I hurt myself. <laughs> is that the sword in the picture you. on the on the website? But I'd have to charge. Confusion. <laughs> I could teach you, but I'd have to charge. It's like, bro, do you even lift? <laughs> <laughs> How about you're you're playing a game? One of the characters dies. What happens to its soul or consciousness or essence, whatever whatever you want to call it? It's too deep. It, but it's yeah. a great storyline. What about you need him. You got to go get him. Oh, I always like. You got to bring his soul back to his body, and he's got unfinished business. You ever see uh, the Disney Hercules movie? Yeah. Whenever like uh, Meg's soul yeah. goes into that big old pit of like in the River of Sticks, and he has yeah. to go like snag her out of there, and like he almost dies in <laughs> the, the process because he's of sticks because he's only like a demigod. I think a more. Like, I think a live actually just what dreams may come. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. What where he has to too. go through. The layers of hell to get his wife and bring her down to depressing cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to watch What Dreams May Come like five times before I like could ever make my way all the way through it. You got stuck in the grays. Seriously. Um, what about? Did you ever see the Venture Brothers where they make fun of the yeah. scene where all the faces are yeah. trapped? You choked on a chip at a party. You are such a fucking liar. <laughs> what about the imminent death of a part of a character? There's a curse, or there's um. It's been bit by a zombie or a vampire, and then you get the you get the something. superior Spider-Man. From yeah, there. ditch him, write a new character. So you just shoot <laughs> him, in, shoot him in the face, and it and move on. No, that's what they do in like zombie lore. Killed me. Well, <laughs> yeah. What about um, the promise? The promise of death uh, from a supernatural creature. Hey, you know, six months from now, I'll be back to kill you. That is the I, most I nonchalant have, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> I have like, it's like a werewolf like hey. Cuz nobody's like smoking a cigarette. <laughs> nobody at yeah. D&D's going to be like, "Oh yeah, my goodness, I better <laughs> like kill myself." Yeah. What was the name of that 3.5 character where uh, all you do is summon demons? Uh, the prestige something mancer. It it's not a mancer, I don't the think. The something mancer. Anyway, uh, all you do is summon something. demons, and like I decided to roll one of these because it seemed pretty powerful, and they had all kinds of things that all fed back into each other, and it turned out that that was because summoning demons is really damn dangerous. Right. And when you do it and screw it up, guess what? You screwed up the deal, and they're going to come back for your soul. That's the way it works. So I've had timers hanging over my head like that. You know what you do for the next six months? Not the campaign. You try to find a way out of it. Right. <laughs> like... <laughs> Right, but it opens a whole new... That's a bad storytelling technique, because it, it makes your character just run and hide. Not necessarily. I mean, if if you've established a good relationship with the, your fellow party members, maybe they're willing to help you run and hide, or help you find the loophole in the deal. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a car Cassell from uh, Crystal Shard, in a way. It's been so long since... Like, like he was just dealing with like a power that was beyond his comprehension. Yeah, he was just a pawn. 
I really like the idea of the monster who's just like lazy and he's like <laughs> sitting on the couch with a beer and yeah, like I'll a dude. He's, like, he's like, when I finish this season of The Office, dude, <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming it's, to it's your like ass it's a werebear and like <laughs> I'm gonna get you, but I gotta hibernate. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll, I'll catch you in a couple months. Yeah, you know, <laughs> shut the door. Oh, you. <laughs> I'm doing double get you now. <laughs> Shut the door on your way out. Oh, you dick. Um, what about... Um, you leave the fish. What about a uh, ghost or poltergeist or something with a message? You know, that's Ignore the me. <laughs> that's the story. Ghosts and poltergeists are lame. I don't like, like that. Like Scooby-Doo for yeah. me. Yeah. Holy ghost. Totally Holy ghost. Scooby. Ghost. <laughs> 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 Okay, Reggie. <laughs> it's a ghost. It's like a go- ghosts are another thing that suffer from the rules. Like you're like, oh, ghost. Oh, intangible, unable to affect anything at all. Probably don't know anything. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> go home. Go home, ghost. You're drunk. <laughs> you're drunk. Ghost touch. Oh, I'm already platinum blonde. Get out of here. Like <laughs> I ain't scared of you. I'm scared. I'm an elf. You only Get take out of off here, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> you only take off. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody keeps screwing up my pottery. <laughs> Can't you just see like Ooh, lame Goldberg it. being pos- possessed by? Is it Goldberg? Goldberg. Yeah. Okay. Well, Can't you just Goldberg. see Whoopi Goldberg, Goldberg being possessed by? Oh. I know, right? That's why I, <laughs> I thought you were talking about like the wrestler. The wrestler <laughs> yeah. No, she, Whoopi Goldberg was in Ghost. Can't you just see Whoopi Goldberg being possessed by Patrick Swayze, but still doing the scene with Demi Moore, like? Maybe that's just me. Found you wow wow. It's another one of those things we're cutting all out again. <laughs> no, we're keeping all that. No. Found you wow wow. All of that. Lame and overrated. Ghost. looks like the predator. I'm looking yeah, at Lame and overrated. <laughs> Using the same concept that I had before of the the party being a group of people that were meant to be slaughtered. Using um, well, using the party, giving the party some commoners and letting them experience their village being ransacked and the murder of you know themselves and their children and so on and so forth to establish the evilness of the bad guys and his armies. I now have this like idea for like a slapstick campaign where the party is commoners, right? They don't, right. They don't have class levels or anything like that, and they were captured by a cult to be sacrificed. A la Dragnet the movie. Okay. And uh but it gets screwed up and Goathead, like chaps. they're just suddenly together like three the three stooges break out of their own like sacrificial offering or whatever. <laughs> like just imagine that and they're just running around like in the chaos trying to figure out what to do and where to go and all this stuff. Completely helpless but suddenly with the opportunity to be heroes and screwing something major up accidentally. Yeah. yeah. And then if you want to go full slapstick you just kill them off one by one and like yeah. You guys got anything else on death? Nope. Next episode is character taxes. I'm about to go kill me some McDonald's. <laughs> I don't know. I think character death yeah. is very often a random consequence. Like it's something that just happens because your character's screwed up. Yeah. But does that mean it doesn't have up. to mean anything though? I think it doesn't now typically you, yeah. have the opportunity to mean anything unless you write your story hook so that every time your characters risk their lives, it's for something epically important. I think that very often character death is something that just happens that also comes down to one of the things if it doesn't matter just say yes if there's risk involved roll the dice and if your party is out adventuring because they need to find batteries for the remote 
then death in that case is going to be pretty hollow. You know, that's, so that's, now, that's now what the Three Stooges are. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be on the epitaph, like, he died so, in search of a remote. So uh, you, you just make sure that you're telling good story hooks that the players are bought into and worth dying for. I mean, because they're actually putting their lives on the line for something. So make sure it's not just to go get a slushy. Yeah. I think a big part of it that kind of ruins sounds good. <laughs> well, she does sound good. Let my tombstone read. It really is must see TV. <laughs> <laughs> what ruins character death for me is like kind of the replaceability of the PCs. The fact that like ding uh, ding dongs can die and then the next day be replaced by ding dings. Okay, right? hang oh, on. that happened. Should there be consequence to players for player characters' death, like diminishing returns on extra characters? That's pretty meta. I, I think or it depends what? on yeah. I mean, it's like why not how, how do you how do you get them to not charge the rim of the volcano? The diminishing returns that were built in in older editions was you come back a level lower than the party, uh, and you yeah. just sucked. So, but you leveled up faster then because you the lower your experience, higher the faster experience, you leveled up. Yeah, yeah. That was what was put there to try to keep people from just trying to kill their characters. That's in a that's in a game where leveling is the entire point, right? Like that's a different thing though. That's, I, th- I feel like that's bad storytelling. I, From the perspective of, G- of a GM, l- can we do a once around the table? Do you guys have an idea for a penalty to a player for pl- for player character death? I think negative level is good. You just want to penalize their gameplay performance? Yeah, sure. All right. And then they can catch up, and if the other ones die, that's cool, too. Tyler, you got an idea? They have to draw up their next character sheet with their non-dominant hand. <laughs> <laughs> Physical limitation? All right. Steve? You can only use dice out of the middle. Out of the your name's not the Steve. Pool. The bad dice. You have to. Uh, I don't know. Have somebody else make your character. Ooh. Person oh, to your left. Wow. The person to your left makes oh, your character. Nice. That's a good one. I yeah. like that. <laughs> comic, comic relief. You're yeah. sentenced. To, you're sentenced to comic. <laughs> then relief. you really are playing ding dangs at that point. <laughs> like, oh, guess who's going to be a master of disguise? <laughs> like, <laughs> you have one oh, come thing on. in your bag. It's a loot. <laughs> Um, and Dan. And Air Jordans. I don't know. The storyline moves on. We have to find your niche. So you become a supporting character. I feel like if you had the sort of campaign where you had individual player character hooks, you the DM can take a minute to monologue the terrible, terrible things that happen because your character is no longer able to like further that agenda. Right. Everything they've invested is gone. Right. Um, so the end of that story makes an impact on the rest of the party. Or... or even just on what that individual character was working for. Like, you were trying to, like, gain glory. For your, well, your kingdom ended up being depressed and poor, and eventually they dwindled to nothing. Over right. You yeah, were trying no, to save good. the orphanage. You were getting this because you needed to save the orphanage. The orphanage got run into the, or- the ground. Yeah, the orphanage yeah. got burned to the ground, all the kids. Yeah, that's actually the game over uh, sequence for some RPGs. So using like JRPGs. A, so using, like, a, a story hammer. Yeah. Like, dude, you died, and you screwed everything up. And then... Yeah, yeah. End <laughs> but that world. comes down to putting stock into death. If the if the player has no stock in in the death of the NPCs, then does he really care if the orphanage just burned to the ground? Well, then you're right. There probably sh- it should, probably should be coupled with a mechanical uh, penalty. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I, I I say take stock in in death and what it means to your character in your game because it's it's such a big part of the game. Either the threat of it or the actual undertaking of it or you know it just happening that why not use it in your storytelling and figure out a way to make it pertinent rather than just be another throwaway thing that happens like oh you know when's the last time your character had to go poop you know it doesn't happen it's just something that just isn't mo- talked about and doesn't <laughs> everyone <laughs> leave <laughs> not in your campaigns right now <laughs> 
You know, it's just another thing. Make a survival check. Poison uh, ivy. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. When's the last time my character had milk? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, just to make it something that is completely inconsequential just seems like a waste to me. Although I'm not going to roleplay characters pooping, so I'm going to put all that energy into characters dying and death and what it means to my game. Now you know the three stooges are going to roleplay pooping. <laughs> Hey, look at the pooping. Wow, you had the remote the whole time. <laughs> we really need to clog this toilet to bring the janitor into the bathroom. <laughs> Who can do it? Make a, make a fortitude check. I'll just have to be gone that week. I'm out of town. <laughs> it's going to occur to somebody that if you all try it on different toilets, you're that much less likely to succeed. So you should all try it on the same toilet <laughs> your character, your dear without character. flushing. You take two damage. <laughs> Okay, can I help him with this role? Like, I want to lend assistance. Can I ate another. I ate another. Can you, ate another? <laughs> you succeed. You lose a healing surge. <laughs> uh, make a dex check. You drop the toilet. Why is it it's rolling oh, across the God. floor? <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to call it. If uh, the listeners have anything to say about character death that we didn't cover, which I don't really think we covered a whole lot of ground. No, we didn't really. No. Just uh, kind no. of PS through it a little bit. <laughs> uh, if listeners have anything to say about uh, character death that we missed, please feel free to send the email to dan at carpegm.net. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. This has been the Carpe GM Gamecast. I'm Dan. I'm Steve. Brian. I'm Tyler. And I'm Mac. And remember, support the hobby. Support the industry. Support your local game store. And support the Harlem Shake. Bounce Shake a wow wow. <laughs> cool. The crime dog. He is a crime-fighting dog. <laughs> no, he's not. He's a jacket-wearing dog yeah. that talks about crime-fighting. <laughs> I've never he's seen scruff. him fight a single crime. I know, right? Well, look at him. <laughs> oh, scruff. He's got, he's got, he can stand on all Hey, he stand on I've two seen legs. Smokey the Bear put out a fire. I have never seen Scruff McGruff. What do you want, like CSI God. Scruff McGruff? Where he's like, <laughs> like hunting down meth heads and murders? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, like a a ticket for jaywalking, maybe? <laughs> or like, like the guy from Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Stack? <laughs> Upgrade. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh. Hey, kids. I'm McGruff. <laughs> I wear a jacket. <laughs> he's like, no, he's like, and I wear a cool hat or something like that. It was hilarious. I was dying. The Carpe GM Gamecast is presented under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License Version 3.0. For further discussion on this topic or just about anything else, join our forum at carpegm.net slash forum. To contact us with questions, comments, and other feedback, please send your emails to dan at carpegm.net. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook slash carpegm.net or follow us on Twitter at C-A-R-P-E underscore GM. Thanks for listening. The music for this episode is Now That It's Over by Captain Carl's Tuesday Night Blues Band. Be sure to check the show notes for the links. Enjoy.
Said you won't be deceiving me And now that it's over Oh no The last thing that you said to me How you won't be forgetting me Thank God that it's over If I could move any closer And keep my hands on the bottle 